Good evening, my fellow Americans. Take the red pill. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. The disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. All we have built, all we have worked for, would be destroyed. There is nothing the political establishment will not do. And this nation will not be fully free until all its citizens are free. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action. These criminals cannot be rewarded. So that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. They're coming after you and I'm just standing in their way. Here I am. You and I have a rendezvous with death. The cost of freedom is always high. Those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. This is a crusade! This is a holy war against the deep state! We never wanted to be right, but yet things are all adding up to the firestorm.
Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That's Vince Attaglia via. This is the Red Pill Project Daily Dose Live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30, around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That was REM's It's the End of the World as We Know It, and I feel fine. You know what? I hope it's not at the end of the world. I don't think it's the end of the world. But tonight we're talking about prophecy and predictions. Why not? It sounds like a great topic. Um, I'm about three quarters of the way through uh, Leave the World Behind, the new Netflix movie. And I have some comments and notes that I want to talk about on this movie. Sweet. And uh, everybody's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, I'll take a look at it. And I've been watching it. And it's actually a pretty decent movie. Um, pretty shitty acting for the crew that they got, the cast that they got, okay? Yeah. Um, it's an interesting but, movie, nonetheless. Yeah, but in, in, in a lot of people are saying it's predictive programming. Um, I don't disagree with that, but I think that there's more to it, at least in the symbolic nature. Uh, for everybody out there who's new to the Red Pill Project and the Daily Dose, what we do here is we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy, whether that's the news of the day and breaking that down into the sense of the globalist narrative and what they're trying to do next and bring about this new world order, or whether it's deep diving into various different topics like prophecy and predictions. And tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about that. That's what we do here. So if you are just new and joining in, please like, subscribe, comment, give those thumbs up out there. It's much appreciated. It does help us. Um, now, Jumping into this, uh, well, first thing, actually, I saw this and I, I wanted to do this. Uh, happy birthday, Christopher Schaefer. Hey. hey, buddy, happy birthday, man! Watching on D Live, he's like, I was singing that song today. <laughs> awesome, there you go. Look, I must have just like psychically knew it was your birthday. Happy birthday, buddy! Appreciate the the, the follow there, and, and glad you're uh, watching out there. I know you, I've seen that name many, many times before, and I know you've been around for a while. So, happy birthday to you. I think that's it for announcements that we have, really. Uh, it is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. Um, the world is uh, getting crazy. It's getting crazier by the day. Oh, and yeah. uh, this movie, the coincidental nature of this movie, and I don't believe in coincidences, um, huh? like, you know, there was quite a few things that happened over the last few weeks. What we have, uh, sorry, he's watching on Facebook, not DLive, um, but thanks, Christopher. Do you remember white lung syndrome? Like how this like mystery illness spreading in China and Europe? Oh no. Um, yeah, around the world. Yeah. White lung is in Ohio, multiple whatever happened to that? It just disappeared off the radar. Like they must have figured it out and it just went away. Or they're organizing various levels of fear propaganda and fear porn to perpetuate on the people. They're setting the ground-based narrative for information that will become pertinent down the road. Oh, do you remember that white lung syndrome? Remember, we were talking about it back in October and November. Oh, well, that's what's going on now, right? And I think that this might play into a little bit of what that movie was actually talking about. Um, now we, we've talked about cyber attacks, cyber polygon and redacted Whitley Webb was on there talking about the former Mossad agent who owns CTIL, which does basically pro bono work for the U S government has gotten into their infrastructure, um, and, and basically trying to help the U S government in various different facilities, including critical infrastructure. Um, and now you have to ask yourself, well, what would a former Mossad agent, uh, want to have access to that? Well, look what's happening right now with Israel on the international scene they're going in the gaza they have every country basically in the world against them only the united states is really supporting them yeah. you have article 99 being um uh, initiated by the uh, secretary general of the united nations for the security council to basically bring about a humanitarian ceasefire and effort to get in there egypt and turkey have both said that they're ready to go in there whether they will or not i don't know but if egypt turkey went in there iran would definitely follow um, we've had massive amounts of uh, increased militaristic risings in that area. The U.S. has been launching uh, missile strikes within Syria and Yemen. We have the, the, the Houthi out there in Yemen that just launched a cruise missile against a commercial ship. Oh, yeah. um, you know, back in September, I, you remember, jo, jo, well, go ahead. I was going to say the use of white phosphorus was admitted by Israel. Right, the use of white, white phosphorus. Uh, back in September, if you remember, the uh, the naval amphibious group was launched to 
the Middle East, the Persian Gulf region with 5,000 Marines and 124 uh, fighter jets, basically to fend off these terrorist attacks by uh, various different uh, radical organizations out there. And a lot of these pirates that they've been getting in the Persian Gulf, which are kind of interesting, are Somalian. They're they're from Northern Africa, which is kind of interesting because that's a little bit further. But we know that a lot of them have been contracted by various different um countries uh for for instance uh in i believe in ukraine they're hiring a lot of these mercenaries to fight instead so yeah okay so we have all of these different things that are kind of collaborating on the global scheme um we have and this is what you also need to see and, and this is something that we predicted years ago on this show when we talked about this is that you're going to come to a point of a collapse of the global narrative. That the, these people who are trying to push for a new world order, the closer and closer that they get to their goals, the more and more informed and offended that people get and begin to realize what's actually happening and begin to push back. And back in November 2020, after the presidency was stolen from Trump through the fake false election, we came out and we made a series of predictions talking about the firestorm event, but also what would happen on the other end about how uh, Donald Trump would be associated with a social media platform that would go out there and gain a certain critical yeah. mass. And then information would start to flow out once you could no longer stop the flow of information that they, the only choice that they would really have is to shut down the internet or to take it out with an EMP or something of that nature to basically regain back control over it. And we're coming to that point right now yeah. where or this potentially could happen potentially regain control over it because basically yeah. what that's doing is taking the whole board and throwing it and saying look now nobody has control let's clean this mess up you know what well, I mean? and that plays into what we're going to talk about here in a few minutes right so we we made these predictions and a lot of things that we said is that a lot of what happened between 2020 and now has to deal with the flow of information it has to deal with who's in control of the flow of information and the, the death of mainstream media. And we've definitely seen the death of mainstream media. It's on a massive decline. Um, we see t things like Twitter because of Elon Musk have risen up in the ranks. Does that mean you should full out trust them? No, absolutely not. But what it does mean is that we do have a platform to go out there and express our voice that as of right now is open and honest. And that's why we start. There's that's why we say still. rather rather decentralized, right? I mean, that's why we're on Rumble, we're on Pilled, we're on D Live, we're on Facebook, we're on um, two different Twitter channels. We were on LinkedIn; they just canned us. Uh, we're on Facebook still. Luckily, I don't know how that's happening. But when we begin to look at how this narrative is unfolding, we knew that as that information outflow began to get controlled by us that we are the media now, the decentralized media organization that is developing around the world, that what would happen is more propaganda and disinformation would happen on the governmental side and on the institutional side, as well as the fight against what they would call disinformation and misinformation. So a lot of organizations working in the back end, utilizing AI tools, utilizing law enforcement agencies to try to curve and stop that. And we absolutely have seen this since that point in time. Another thing that we knew would begin to happen is that as they did that, a lot of this would be revealed and this would come to a culmination point where people would finally um, come to a precipice where the right and the left would begin to unite on views, not necessarily mm -hmm. political views, but various ideological views on how culture and society should operate in a free, open and honest framework. And we're beginning to see this separation right now of the left to where you have the far left radicals. And then you have all these other people that probably are more moderates and independents that are now leaning more right because their system of freedom, their system of liberty is under attack. Yeah. Okay, so we have all these things that are coming to culmination. We have this precipice that is forming in our country. We are moving into an election year, which we know that there's no way in hell unless they blatantly cheat, open and honestly cheat this next election, steal it right from under the feet of the, the American people, and they just don't care of the outcome. That's the only way that they can win at this moment. Donald Trump coming out this uh, late today saying, I'm going to take deep blue states. Watch me. Oh, yeah. And he knows this because he knows the numbers from 2020. He says it's possible. Yeah, they cannot stop Donald Trump. Okay. He is going to win 2024. 
Okay. And one of the main reasons why he's going to win 2024, if the election happens, is because he's got so much steam from 2020 to the present day. He's made his case. People are seeing that the the first and the second impeachment um, schemes were shams. People are seeing the rampant voter fraud that's occurring all over the place. Okay. We, we have the Twitter files, which were released uh, primarily dealing with the Biden administration that are showing that left and these were left wing journalists who are out there reporting this that is showing the government corruption yeah. and invasion into your rights and your privacy we have the dod openly going out there and announcing new artificial intelligence projects with a crete ai and their, their program argus that's going to be implemented to basically spy on american citizens we we have uh 702 uh so this is kind of interesting as well uh you, you have the Intel Committee 702 reauthorization bills that go out there and call for a spanning overreach of congressional and military power to spy on American citizens directly through their hardware systems that are involved within their Internet connections. Luckily, um, Representative Annie Biggs, the utter capitulation on his part, House Speaker Mike Johnson polls the Judiciary Committee's FISA 702 overhaul and Intel Committee 702 reauthorization bills and will not consider either until after the new year, which is kind of a good thing. They put it on the shelf. And I think they might have done that to just put it on the shelf until they can die down the steam of what people are, put it in an omnibus bill or something, and then bring it back. I don't know. That's usually what they do when they pull it off. But there's too many people yelling, bitching, and complaining about this stuff that they had to pull it. So that's at least a, a small little win that we have. So now we come into what's happening kind of recently. Yesterday, we had a profound um, cyber attack, which is being blamed on state-run Chinese hackers in the United States on various different points of critical infrastructure. Now, this rang the bell with specifically what Whitney Webb was talking about on Redacted, what we talked about on the show many, many, many times, whether it's the last five years or four years of the 200 plus food processing manufacturing and distribution facilities that we know are being hacked on a, a micro level, or whether it's the, the oil and gas refineries or the railroad tracks or whatever it might be, we know that attacks on our infrastructure are happening. And this is doing being done through cyber attacks. Whitney Webb is describing how the, this company, CTIL, which was involved in a lot of the Twitter files type of level drama, they were hired to basically go out there and produce propaganda and disinformation against the American people and bring about broad censorship against the American people, utilizing various different AI tools. This company also had direct access to U.S. critical infrastructure, including water, uh, oil, and gas, as well as defense. And what did we see yesterday? Water, oil, and gas, and transportation and communications were affected. And this is what they had direct access access to. And now we're seeing that be aligned towards an inner, a foreign state actor, China, when at the same time, the United States and China are having problems in the Yellow Sea and the South China Sea with military altercations, China primarily going out there and instigating war with the Philippines, which is a, a U.S. kind of ally, if you want to look at it like that. So there's a lot of things ramping up. Well, then this weekend, we have this movie, Leave the World Behind, which is produced by uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. By the way, they had nothing to do with it. Their name was just latched onto that. Okay, they didn't. Producers usually put up money and funding and organization for projects. Uh, Barack and Mich uh, Michael Obama really did nothing for this movie. They just slapped their name on it because they're on the board of directors. And that's how the deep state pays back people. This is how big tech pays back people for all the favors they gave is they bring them on a board of directors pay up um, position. They give them a huge this uh, fucking salary. And that's the pay that they get for all the favors they did while they're in office. Kind of how the NGOs work, kind of how government funds overseas, the Ukraine or Israel work, is U.S. taxpayer dollars go over there, billions of dollars, and millions of dollars come back into super PACs, and they get distributed by various different donors into these political campaigns. It's money laundering 101, and that's why. So the fact that Obama and the Obamas were involved in this, I don't even care. I don't even think it's a point. I don't think there's significance of it. But let's jump into the movie itself. Now, I'm only three quarters of the way through, so I haven't completely finished it. I think that we might touch on this Friday or if I'm in the mood tomorrow. But uh, I want to talk about what I've seen so far. And I'm at the end of the, uh, the noise chapter. And this might probably take up the whole show just to get through this. Okay? 
Now, the movie, if you haven't seen, um, is basically talking about a cyber attack that happens and occurs in the United States of America, or at least what we know as in the United States of America. They have a lot of uh, well-known high-level actors, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts, um, and a few others. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I always get that guy confused with another guy. But not there, there is actor names, but yeah. Yeah, I want to say Ewan McGregor. It's not Ewan McGregor. Um, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke and Ewan McGregor. I always get mixed up, even though one's British, one's American. But so this movie is pretty interesting symbolically. Um, from the get-go, you start noticing that there is a spiritual symbolism that is being portrayed with the masculine and with the feminine. You see oh, this really? in a lot of the arguments that are going back and forth mm -hmm. between um, Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts, who are playing a husband and wife, as well as brother and sister, um, Archie and um, his sister, that are going back and forth. Okay, so you see this type of masculine and feminine in the sense of the spiritual energies being portrayed in this uh, in the movie. Uh, number one thing that I notice is like uh, in the scene when they get to the Airbnb on the beach. Um, Which, Ethan, can we, can we explain kind of the plot? Like, why are they going to an Airbnb? What's going on? People, yeah, so they want they live in they live in the city. They want to get they live in the Bronx. They want to get away. Um, they decide to take a vacation on this one specific day. They, kind of they clear their schedules. Yeah, they, they get an Airbnb on the beach in Long Island, nice, big, rich, wealthy house, and they drive out to the countryside that overlooks Manhattan, and they're in this big, beautiful house. Uh, they decide to go to the beach. Something happens there. I'll discuss that in a minute. But let me just discuss the feminine and masculine aspect yeah. of things. Um, Ethan Hawke is wearing a shirt that says Bikini Kill. Yeah, okay. I noticed that. Yeah. Now, Julia Roberts is reading a book called Bikini Towel. Okay? Now, I, I don't know necessarily the significance of that. But kind of one thing that brings to mind, at least in my mind, is they're on a beach, blue ocean, and you have Bikini Atoll. Do you know what Bikini Atoll was? That was the, no. uh, the, was first, that was the first nuclear detonation on the planet by the United States government. Okay, so that's kind of what that rings the bell for me. Um, now, I'm going to get back to the shirts in a second, but I want to touch on something. So they go to the beach. And by the way, there will be some spoiler words, alerts in here, guys. Um, they go to the beach, and they're hanging out, and everything's fine and dandy. And the daughter keeps on seeing this the ship that's coming closer and closer and closer to the shore. Okay? This is massively symbolic, people. Okay? incredibly symbolic. Number one, the daughter is seeing a ship and she's going, Hey, I see a ship and it's coming in. And then everybody notices it like, Oh, there must be a dock around there. And it just reminded me of human nature. How, you know, like someone says, Hey, look, there's a plane flying low in the sky. Oh, they do that all the time. There's an airport over there. Right. Is we tend to just ignore these various different signs of things as they begin to become apparent. And the daughter kept on saying, hey, there's a ship coming in. There's a ship coming in. Well, the ship eventually runs aground and they all run for cover and everything like that. And the ship comes into the shore of the beach to basically where they were sitting. And it's its big oil tanker. Okay. Now, what you didn't, many people didn't notice is the name of the ship. The name of the ship is White Lion. Now, why does white lion have some significance? Hmm. Symbolically, the white lion has various associations with purity, power, wisdom, divine connection, transformation, courage, balance, leadership. In this sense, strength, courage, and power. Uh, we have understanding, transformation, wisdom, but divine connection. Um, sometimes seen as messengers or representatives of higher power, symbolizing a connection with divine beings. So the daughter's seeing this ship. Coming on water, water has this etheric spiritual connection in the spiritual world when you start talking about the esoteric and the occult. Water is this, this transformation of a medium that basically allows for that communication back and forth. The yeah. daughter seeing the ship on the water, the white lion comes in, which symbolizes divine connection. Yeah. So she was you know, being very pro prophetic by seeing this ship come in and giving the signs, the warnings. And to me, this is setting the scenario for the whole movie to pay attention Dude. to 
listen to what's being said. Okay. Listen to what's being said. Pay attention. There is a symbolic spiritual and human nature that is going to be portrayed in this movie. By the way, the guy who wrote this book, he's like unknown. Nobody knows his birth date. There's like a few different pictures of him. He's got a few different books out. But other than that, he's like kind of completely unknown, like hmm. kind of weird and unusual. But go ahead and say what you're going to say. I was going to say, I just did a quick search and the white lion, as it relates to ships, it was actually a ship that arrived in the English colony of Virginia in 1619, a year before the Mayflower. <clears throat> and it brought African captives to be sold and indentured as indentured servants in the U.S., that's another symbolic variation because that gets into another part of this. And so remember that part, okay, as oh, I yeah. talk about uh, another part that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, okay? The white lion. Yeah. Because what this sign and symbol does is it runs aground, runs ashore, okay? Mm -hmm. And this marks the beginning of the massive cyber attack. Now, with the globalists, what have we seen them trying to do? We know that they're trying to organize various different global cataclysms that bring about massive levels of chaos. And after this chaos is over, they mm -hmm. step in with the solution program, 15-minute cities, digital slave matrix, all of this stuff. This is all going to play in together. Excuse me. Okay. Now, the next thing. Julia Roberts inside the house is wearing the sweater. On the back of the sweater is a red or an orange tiger. And it's kind of like a knit sweater. So everything is in knitting. Yeah. But what's interesting about it, and I want to see if I can find. Um, see if I can find a picture of her in the movie with the sweater on. Uh because it's really pertinent. Up oh, there it is. It's right there. There's one. Um, there it is right there. That's a good one. Okay. So if anybody can kind of, I'm going to bring this up here in a second. Here's the shirts that they're wearing. And you can't see the tiger on the backdrop, but you can see the bikini kill. Okay. Hmm. Bikini kill. And then kind of, hmm. you see her robe or shirt that she's wearing. And what does that look like right cross well it's like a it's like a cross with like the the brilliance that's coming out of it it's a star it's a star it's a blue star hmm. okay and there's a few of them on her shirt well that's kind of interesting because has anybody out there ever heard of the blue kachina the hopi blue star prophecy <clears throat> okay according yeah, to hopi legend that? According to Hopi legend, and as reported by Frank Waters, at the beginning of time, Tiowa, the creator, created his nephew, Shotanong, and the construct of life. Out of nothingness, Shotokan created nine universes or worlds, one for Tiowa, one for himself, and seven others for additional life. The first three of the worlds, Tokpela, Tokpa, Kazusa, <clears throat> have already been inhabited and subsequently destroyed due to corruption in the wickedness of man. Each time one of the worlds is destroyed, the faithful Hopi are taken underground and saved from destruction to later emerge and populate the next world. According to the Waters books, which are written in the 1960s, the Hopis believe that humanity is currently residing in the fourth world, the Tuwashi. Like the previous world, Tuwashi is also prophesied to be destroyed because of corruption of humanity. So, the Hopi Blue Star, the wow. ninth and final sign of destruction. Um, is described by White Feather via Waters, you will hear of a dwelling place in the heavens above the earth that shall fall with a great crash. It will appear as a blue star. Very soon after this, the ceremonies of my peoples will cease. This is called the Blue Star Kachina, making the end of all Hopi rituals as reflected in Waters by the book. Um, the end of all Hopi ceremonies will come and with Kachinas move the mask. Uh, and this will bring about various different destructions on the planet and the Hopi people will go back underground. Now, this is quite interesting in the Hopi Blue Star Prophecy because yesterday we were talking about something specifically uh, that Zach Voorhees had published and a lot of things that I've been talking about in like solar and cosmic cataclysms that have happened. Mm -hmm. And what he was talking about is the, the planetary magnetic field, also known as the, planet, the, the, uh, the heliospheric bikini. 
or the heliospheric uh, um, tutu, if you want to call it that. I don't think it was. Was it called a bikini? That'd be interesting. Let me let me find this real quick. I want to I want to remember what it was uh, being called. Yeah, I don't remember the exact word. It was like a tutu. Okay, I went too far. Hold on. I, I think. <laughs> well, I'm on my Twitter feed and I'm kind of looking. Oh, I thought you did a keyword search yeah. and got something else. <laughs> no, uh, but I found another post I wanted to bring up too. Um, but I, I want to find this real quick because this is pertinent to kind of what I was talking about. I thought I had it up. I'm sorry I didn't, people. It's a sheet. Um, we just have so many. Oh, yeah. So it's the. Oh, ballerina skirt shape. Yeah, it's the ballerina skirt sheet. Uh, and so kind of bikini to me, right? I don't know. Uh, but either way, what we're talking about here is basically when cosmic influences come on, the sun adjusts this heliospheric current sheet, which basically produces a magnetic pulse that inflicts onto our star and produces a micro nova. Okay. Now, what do you know about blue wavelengths, Vince? Not much. It's not something I specialize in, I guess. What? You know what the Doppler shift is? Uh, yeah, it's kind of not really. Okay, Doesn't so the Doppler do shift like speed and is a change light. in frequency of a wave in relation to the observer who is moving relative to the source yeah. of the wave. The Doppler effect is named after the physicist Christian Doppler, who described the phenomenon in 1842. A common example of the Doppler shift is a change in pitch heard when a vehicle sounding a horn approaches to recede from the observer. Uh, and we actually detect this by red and blue waves. And so we know that when objects are moving towards us, they have a shorter wavelength. The wavelength is actually shortening and that's a red wavelength. As they're moving away from us, they're blue. Okay. Yeah. Now in spe specificity, if our sun had this micro shift, a micro current like this, you would see a blue a blue light being emanating from our star during a micronova because of the intensity of the energy and the, because of the increase of the energy, the increase in the frequency wavelength, you would see a blue star. So the blue star Kachina could, could possibly be something to do with that specifically, which I find highly interesting. Okay. So we have the symbolic nature of the shirt that she's wearing representing um, the blue Kachina in my opinion. Okay. Now, next is um, the gentleman who owns the home comes in. He's very, very wealthy, affluent, works for very powerful people. Uh, basically, they leave town. He explains why he left town. I'll get into that in a second. But he comes to his house and he tries to convince them to let them, him and his daughter stay with them. They end up letting him in. Um, at one point, they're downstairs and they turn on the TV and the EBS is playing. The emergency broadcast system is playing. And he's scrolling through the channels, channel one, channel two, channel three. And it's all the emergency broadcast system representing a national emergency. Now, what I noticed about this is that it was channel 111, or sorry, channel 112, 113, and he stops on 114. Now, this is interesting because later on in the movie, they're scrolling the EBS again and then snow on the TV. Yeah, But they blur out the channel numbers so you can't see them. Hmm. As in, don't pay attention to these channel numbers here. Pay attention to the channel numbers on the other scene. Hmm. Now, interesting enough, 11, uh, 1, 112, 113, 114. This could correlate to January 12th, January 13th, January 14th. It could correlate to November 2nd, November 3rd, November 4th. But what I found interesting is 11.3 and 11.4. Because 11.3 and 11.4, if you remember specifically, and you remember how I've always depicted the Q-drops. On POTUS order, we have initiated certain fail-safes that shall safeguard the public from the primary fallout, which is slated to occur 11.3 upon the arrest announcement of Mr. Podesta. Actionable 11.4. Now, the, 11, the, the Mr. Podesta arrest notification... This could be highly symbolic and just have no relevance. Basically, the message is saying is that, hey, look, we have certain precautions in place when the fallout shall begin on 11-2, 11-3. And then the, the distraction disinformation part is Podesta's arrest and this type of stuff. Okay? Mm -hmm. So could be something. Couldn't be not. 
But I found that highly interesting that the three channels that you see are 113 or 112, 113, 114, 11, 2, 11, 3, and 11, 4. Okay. Cool. And this was the, uh, this was the, uh, the emergency broadcast system, which is quite interesting. I don't know how long this is all prolonged, if this goes on for 10 days or not. It's interesting enough, too, is that the symbology, because they're in the mother-in-law suite in the basement, him and his daughter, while they're watching this. Mm-hmm. And the room is kind of split up with very limb lighting. So it's yeah. dark and light. Yeah. So the room is dark, the light, emergency broadcast system, 11, 2, 11, 3, 11, 4. Just mm-hmm. saying. Um. That was kind of like the the beginning of the first disaster that happens in this movie. Um, now, by the way, in the book, uh, G.H. and Ruth, his daughter, uh, it's actually in the book, it's his wife, not his daughter. Okay. On this one, his wife is actually on a plane that most likely crashed. Now, what's interesting is his daughter has a tattoo on her right arm. The tattoo is the number 96, yeah. which represents feminine fertility and regeneration and feminine power. And so it's interesting that they replaced her with his daughter because that's the resurrection of that. As in the mother has died and is now being resurrected in the movie. Okay. Symbolically, when I look at this from a very occult level. Uh, Next is you go into the next chapter. It's called the curve. This is where it kind of gets really interesting. Number one, Archie, the son is wearing a shirt that has the obey, the obey shirts. So it's the obey shirts. Kind of interesting. Uh, There's one point in time where they turn on the TV. It's on channel 101, Hmm. which obviously binary 101 talking about this. There's a point in this where there's this poster and Ruth is on the bed and you can kind of see the poster on the wall as they're passing by it. And the other time is they show the poster on the wall when the emergency broadcast system is going on. Now, for anybody who doesn't know or doesn't remember seeing a poster or didn't catch this scene, let me bring a photo up of what that poster is. This is the poster that is shared. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, yep, that's the United States of America. You have red, green, and black. And this says the United States of Attica, founded by the American people on September 13th, 1971 at Attica Prison, where 42 men gave their lives in a heroic struggle for freedom. Now, what does all that mean? This map of American violence is incomplete. Uh, Please write in whatever you find lacking. So what does the, uh, the United States of Attica actually mean? Well, the poster, the United States of Attica, was the most widely dis- uh, distributed of Faith Ringgold's posters during the 1970s. Uh, it is dedicated to the men who died in the 1971 um, at the Attica prison for demonstrating against the deplorable conditions they faced as inmates. This red, black, and green poster depicts a map of the United States noting indigenous, slave, and immigrant uprisings and the dates and other details of the acts of violence that occurred within each state since the late 1970 or late 1700s, racist violence, witch hunts, assassinations, lynchings, and other oppressive actions against the indigenous and the people of color in the United States. It also includes military imperialist violence committed by the United States abroad, for instance, in Japan and Vietnam, the countless injustices. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Because the ship that you were just talking about, which I was bringing about a spiritual reference, the physical reference, actually the White Lion was the first slave ship previous to the the pilgrims, right? The the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria that arrived in America that brought slaves into the original 13 colonies. And that would have been the White Lion that brought a whole bunch of indigenous slaves into this, or brought a whole bunch of foreign slaves into this country. And so what we see is this event, in my my mind, this event ushers in the state of slavery, of control and slavery. Okay? That's kind of what we get. And and actually, it was interesting, too, because um, the GW in the show, he starts talking about his neighbors who he needs to go contact because he's very well connected. His neighbor is the Huxleys. Now, do you know who Julian Huxley is? No idea. No. Uh, well, so 
Julian Huxley was very, very prominent in the UK. His brother was um, Adelis, Adelis Huxley. Okay. They were kind of um, elitist, elitist, if you want to look at it like that. So Julian Huxley was a British evolutionary biologist, eugenicist, and internationalist. Okay. Uh, proponent of natural selection, a leading figure in the mid-20th century modern synthesis. He was also secretary of zoology for the Society of London, blah, blah, blah. But he was highly integrated into the royal families, the occult secret societies, and a lot of these secret societies. His brother, Adelis Huxley, wrote uh, The Doors of Perception in the 1960s, which discusses expanding your mind through the utilization of psychotropic drugs. He describes Mm -hmm. the veil that exists between the spiritual realities, but he also warned of what was going to happen. Very close to uh, Orwell in 1984 in his books, Huxley warned Mm -hmm. that there was this uh, agenda, this conspiracy being perpetuated on, on mankind to enslave them. So it's interesting that he notes that Huxley is his neighbor. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Now they also show 1619 megahertz. So they go to the radio station. It shows 1619 megahertz and is the only radio station that was coming in. 1619 Project. The fake account of slavery in the United States that was perpetuated by a lot of liberal leaning colleges and universities. The book. The Biden administration embraced Black Lives Matters, embraced the 1619 Project. The frequency mm-hmm. was 1619 on the radio, which represents slavery, indenturement all over again, right? Wow. Gosh. Right. Now, what's interesting is GW starts talking about the patterns that govern the world. He says, in my line of business, you have to be very observant. You have to watch the patterns of government in the world. He goes, I, I, I've been watching the stock markets and I knew that this was going to happen because if you watch the patterns in the world, pearl stringing, you can see how all this plays out and all these things come about. Okay. Now, there's one part where um, Ethan Hawke is driving and this like drones flying by and it puts out these red leaflets in the middle of nowhere in a farmer's field. So it makes no sense. But he grabs one and it has a whole bunch of Islamic writing on it. And it says death to America on it. Now, I look at this as a false flag. Okay. Now, they try to leave town and get back to the city because their son's sick and all this stuff. And they come upon a pile of Teslas on the roadway, Tesla cars. And she realizes that these are autopiloted cars that are just crashing up in the road. And they have to weave in and out of a whole bunch of them coming at 60 miles per hour. Uh, But then he mentions afterwards is what would prompt the Teslas from a a car dealership to automatically go clog up the highways. Do you see what happened there is whatever this hack was that took place, a cyber attack is the Teslas with the auto driver capabilities basically auto initiated and went and crashed on the major highways, blocking all the inputs to the major highway system. So nobody could leave where they were at massively reminiscent of a false flag. Now GW, the guy who owns the house, very wealthy and powerful. This is where it gets really interesting. He starts talking about one of his clients who's a defense contractor. And he says that I've joked with my defense contractor friend from time to time about if he is getting ready to go to his annual meeting within, uh, with the evil cabal that runs the world. And he goes, you would recognize this guy's name. He's a massive defense contractor. He's always meeting with us. I, I'm thinking Peter Thiel, someone of this nature. Right. But see, then the lady's like, well, do you think that this is who did this? That some type of evil cabal is the one that did this? Julia Roberts says this to him. And he goes, no. And this is his quote from the movie, and I wrote this down because this is profound. A conspiracy theory about a shadowy, shadowy group of people running the world is far too lazy an explanation, especially when the truth is much scarier. No one is in control. No one is pulling the string. As in, when you begin to see all of this, is that they simply, the, the cabal, the globalists, they simply push the world to that point 
and then step back because he was talking about his defense contractor friend moving money around and then leaving the country and saying good luck to you as in he got the phone call and this is where it comes about is like he was talking about this that you know they hope to just get the phone call when it happens so they can prepare themselves as in his defense contractor friend got the phone call and left town and went to his bunker or whatever because that's when the chaos was going to ensue and what they're trying to show you here or at least what they're trying to portray is that they inched the world to this point of collapse and chaos. And then they step away and they let the world do it themselves. They let the world ruin itself. They let the world destroy itself through chaos. And I believe that there's a part in this in the movie where they actually discuss this part. That Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, the three-step process. That's oh yeah the the video that we watched yesterday the three step process. Actually, let me pull that up because that's a great place. This is later on in the movie that I haven't seen yet. But let's let's play this real quick because this will definitely help to explain what I just said there. And this is this is uh, Ethan Hawke and then GW. I forget GW's name. Before we go. I need to know that you're on a level with me. No matter how far this thing goes, I need to know that we're good. Because if what just happened here is happening everywhere, we need to get to that bunker Danny told us about, and we need to get there now. What are you talking about? You know something. Sneaking suspicion, but I wanted more information first. All sides were there, sure, but I, I didn't want to scare anyone. You'd have called me crazy because it is crazy. It would have made more sense if we were on the brink of an all-out invasion. But this, I didn't think we'd actually let something like this happen. I thought we were smarter than that. But what happened? My primary client works in the defense sector. I spent a lot of time studying the cost-benefit analysis of military campaigns. There was one program in particular that terrified my client the most. A simple three-stage maneuver that could topple a country's government from within. The first stage was isolation. Disable their communication and transportation. Make the target as deaf, dumb, and paralyzed as possible. Setting them up for the second stage. Synchronized chaos. Terrorize them with covert attacks and misinformation. Overwhelming their defense capabilities, leaving their weapon systems vulnerable to extremists in their own military. Without a clear enemy or motive, people will start turning on each other. Done successfully, the third stage would happen on its own. What's the third stage? Firestorm. Firestorm. <clears throat> and, and so you saw a lot of what I was talking about in there, the white lion and all this other symbology. Now, interesting enough is that isn't this what we've been talking about for years? I mean, this this movie kind of yeah. capitulated everything. They were kind of brought together, coalesced everything that we've been talking about. Now, the, the interesting thing is, is that they bring it to this point of chaos and then they just let everything collapse and the chaos ensue. They let it all just begin to fall down, right? Because they have all the solutions on the other end. They're waiting for the world to collapse and go into this deep, dark point, kind of like they did in the Great Depression. They instigated it through the 1929 stock market collapse, right? Uh, through World War One and the sanctions put on Germany. They instigated it through all that that produced the Great Depression globally. And then they built the world underneath with the financing and the funding that they developed from the 1929 stock market crash and the greatest transference of wealth. And then they built a new world. And that's when the new world came out. And this is why they called it the New Deal that rebuilt the United States as the head of the new world order. Now, 
in this part, uh, right before this part, they talk about, or you actually see two scenes in the chapter of noise where there's this high pitched noise that confuses and everybody has to plug their ears and it's like screeching and it hurts people. And Archie, the kid actually gets bit by a tick in the woods and he starts to get sick and his teeth start falling out and blood starts, he starts puking blood and they're trying to find him help. I found this highly interesting. Number one, going back to the white lion thing, I wanted to touch on this real quick Uh is the declination away from the spiritual divine connection, right? What does he say in that clip right there is they disconnect you from all those things that give you guidance. The white lion represents that spiritual connection and then it's grounded, right? It's grounded. grounded, What did the vaccine do with the VMAT2 gene? It disconnected people from nature and from God. Interesting point there. Mm -hmm. Ticks, mosquitoes, and other types of insects have been utilized for the last hundred years and millennia before that as a point to basically produce types of illnesses and diseases in human people. It's actually believed that Lyme disease itself is a bioengineered virus produced by the American government. Yeah. And so this kid gets bit by a tick and then these loud pitches occur. Now they, they go to Kevin Bacon's doorstep and he's talking about it and he goes, Oh, the high pitches, you mean uh, the microwave weapons that they are using. You've heard of Havana syndrome. The same thing happened to the people with Havana syndrome is they started bleeding from the nose and the mouth. They lost their teeth. I didn't know that. Wow. Oh yeah. So this is what he says in the movie. So what's interesting about that is they talk about in this, that uh, in the book, actually in the book is where they talk about it. Mm -hmm. So in the book, the noise is being produced by government owned planes that nobody knows about. And they go out there and they produce microwave radiation, microwave waves that go and are, are pointed towards the public, which produce symptoms similar to Havana syndrome. What's I find really interesting is everybody is like getting hurt by the noise and confused and disoriented, but Archie's the only one that becomes affected by it in the sense of an illness. Why? He was bit by the tick. Hmm. As in, the tick is carrying a bioengineered virus produced by the DOD, Deep State, however you want to look at it. He gets infected with it. The microwave signals come down and make him sick and start to die. It's like it's like a jab and 5G towers. There it is. It's yeah. like a jab and 5G towers. Yikes. And so that's all I had in the notes as, as far as I got in the movie. But you know what else I started doing? I started making my prepper list. Yeah. I got to check all my prepper supplies. I got to check my water. I got to get a solar pump for my well. Um, there's there's a ton of stuff to do. But listen, guys, I believe that this movie was not necessarily predictive programming as it was a warning. I believe, and I, I've, I've thought this for a long time, mm-hmm. um, that not everybody in the world is evil, okay? That not everybody associated with Netflix in the world and all of this are evil. Okay. And that sometimes Hollywood is utilized to actually put information out there to wake you up, to help you. How does the movie start? They're getting out of bed. They're waking up. Yeah. Good point. The movie starts with them waking up, getting out of bed. Right. So Hmm. Uh, the author, Ruman Alam, okay, uh, he immigrated from Bangladesh into the United States in the early 1970s. He's one of four siblings, born in 1977. They don't know his birth of date, date, uh, birth of, date of birth. He grew up in Washington, D.C. He studied at Herbalin College. Um, he and his partner adopted two young boys. He's gay. Okay, whatever. Uh, he has three no- no- uh, novels, Leave the World Behind, The Kind of Mother, Rich and Petty. He also hosts two podcasts for Slate. Um, and so he's kind of associated with the lefty wing stuff, but interesting 
lead the world behind novel. A lot of these times, these authors, they're giving, they're given these storylines and these scripts by people to write for a reason. But the movie has definitely kind of deviated a little bit from what the book is. Now, what are my thoughts on this? I think wholly and certainly that this movie is telling people, get ready. If you, if you have the eyes to see and the ears to listen, they are trying to tell you that some shit is about to happen. I don't want to be doom and gloom, guys. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be right about this shit. You know this. I, I don't take any joy and pleasure in being right about any of this stuff. But I look at that movie as a symbolic warning to people. The wake the fuck up. That this stuff is very, very real. That this potentially can and will happen. And that you need to heed the warnings and understand what could potentially happen when this does happen. Okay? Now... In the event that a cyber attack or a, a micronova or a CME hits the earth or we get a, a, a you know, it, it's interesting. A lot of people in the new age community and the psychic communities, they yeah. talk about what's called the, the great flash. Have you ever heard of the great flash? No. So there's the, what they prophesize is the great flash. They call this basically um, moving over the galactic center and there's just flash of light. I, I, I don't think that's what it is. Some people have wondered if it's going to be uh, Betelgeist, the star in the Orion constellation that goes supernova, and that we would see a blue flash when this actually happens. The interesting okay. thing there is if it went supernova, we would actually get a stream or burst of neutrinos um, well ahead of it actually going supernova. That hasn't happened yet. Um, but that is just a prediction because we've never actually seen a star go supernova. Um, but it, and if it did go supernova, it would probably be blue. <clears throat> but I think that the micronova actually is a very great depiction of what would happen um, in the sense of a blue flash in the sky. And a blue flash in the sky that fulfills the um, the Hopi blue star Kachina prophecy that that fills this new age prophecy of the great flash, which produces the transition in humanity. It knocks our civilization back. It produces a global, not a national event. Um, and that makes everything also prone at that same time to cyber attack. It takes out all the satellites and all one fell swoop. And if you don't have satellites, guys, I don't even think you understand what you lose. If you don't have satellites, the internet is basically done and gone. And don't be like a flatter. Would they have underground cables that, that connect the internet? And I'm like, dude, I was in the Navy for 10 years. And, and my three deployments that I did, we had internet. Like, did we like pop an ethernet cable down into the ocean and plug it into that big cable or something? Or like they have Wi-Fi riders under the ocean that like transmit that signal upward? Or were we using satellites? They just had balloons. They had satellites in the sky. Oh, yeah. Traveling around with one ship. They, they just had this one balloon with a satellite just traveling around the ship. Like, get the fuck out. <clears throat> but, yes. So, if satellites go down, we lose basically 80% of our digital capabilities. The majority of the internet. Many people don't know is how... Do you know how ISP, internet service providers, work? I Not really. I mean, the basics. So, but <clears throat> So, you have hubs. So, you have hubs. So, each internet service provider will basically have a data center. And they might have two or three of them per state, but these data centers are interconnected and then they will utilize various transmission lines. But primarily what happens is, is they have various different points of non-use where they're downloading new content and information from satellite-based telemetry. So you have like, let's say Google has 15 data centers around the world that are updating information at each one of those data centers. That center points in various different satellites and then gets distributed to these other data centers, which push it out from that host level to these ISPs, which update the the uh, the caching within their system. For when you go there, it seems like one gigabyte, gigabyte internet speed and how Google comes up with that information. But what's actually you're looking at is cached imagery, which means that most of the HTML5 code, the JavaScript code, everything operating in the background of that website is cached locally 
to those data centers. It's not something that you're not reaching out to Google and it's loading from San Francisco to your house. It's actually loading in Minneapolis to your house in a very short distance. And they're updating that 7, 10, 15, 20 times a day. And the same thing with like news channels. Sometimes you'll go and like you're a little breaking news from Fox and you'll see it. Um, you know, people will be posting it on their on social media with breaking news and you'll go to Fox. It's not updated there because they haven't replicated those servers yet within your ISP region. So you lose a lot of the Internet when you lose that satellite interconnectability. Now, one thing that you also lose is you're going to lose cell phone. Uh, that's why it's always great to have a, a 1G, 2G GSM phone. Um, these have redundancy built into them and actual cell networks. I believe that new phone that we were, we were discussing that one night it actually has that GSM capability. Um, I have. I don't um, know what phone you're referring to. But what about walkie talkies? Um, yeah, but they don't have GSM capabilities. These have G GSM capabilities. These are older phones. That? These are cell phones. Yeah. What's a GSM capability? Um, general service uh, network. But basically, it's the old cell phone networks. It's the analog cell phone networks that oh. actually worked by connecting cell phones in networks. Oh. Okay? <clears throat> and so then you have 1G and then 2G. But these old ones right here, these have GSM capabilities because the old GSM networks uh, were active during that time. They're still active, but none of the new smartphones really will connect to those old GSM ones. They will on certain levels. By the way, your cell phone also has satellite capabilities. That's why when you go to SOS mode, that's actually uplinking to a satellite. But, um, but then also ham radio. Like I got, a, I got a shortwave radio right over here that once I get to the new house and I get the, the back shed set up, that thing, I got a big old antenna that's going up and I'm setting up my ham radio perfect right but those will be able to work and operate as long as you have electricity but in order to have electricity you need an alternative power support source you gotta remember nobody's gonna be refining gasoline as this shit begins to happen so solar is in as inefficient as it is becomes highly desirable so have some solar panels have some lithium ion batteries that you can charge with solar panels have backup generators that that can uh, that basically can be charged with solar generators right to run your house, to run everything in your house. Know how to freeze your food, preserve your food, these types of things. Uh, this Saturday, uh, I'm going to see if we can get a guest. So we have the town halls. We've been trying to get guests, but it's been the last two weeks. Uh, we've had people that kind of can't do it at the last minute. Um, but we're going to try to have a guest, a prepping guest, come on and talk this Saturday on the, the town hall, which is on the socialredpill.com for subscription users. Uh, so check that out. Hopefully we can get something out there with uh, prepping. If not, I'll just do a prepping show, whatever. We'll do it Saturday. Um, guys, that's all we have for you tonight. I know it was kind of a, a, a lot, but it was very symbolic. I highly recommend everybody go watch this movie, Leave the World Behind. Um, if anybody's, if we get enough people interested, maybe we can do a watch party on Zoom one of these nights. So if people are interested, go to the social red pill. Let me know that you're interested in doing a watch party. Um, one person, I, I don't know if they we're going to be able to do it, but if we get like five or six or 10 people to do it, then we'll definitely do a watch party. So let me know. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Forkham Dano, Gifted a Cookie, uh, JCMC0007, One Ice Cream, and Four Lemons. Thank you so much, Forkham Dano and JCMC. Grismo7, Three Lemons, and Happy Dog Mama, Supporter Plus on Rumble, $20. The Drive to the Beach House, the song playing is misled, uh, Missled by Cool and the Gang. You need to watch that music video, Illuminati. Awesome. Thank you so much, wow. Happy Dog Mama. I will go out and watch that. Vince, take notes of that. I want to check that out. Uh, but guys, much appreciated for you joining in with us tonight. I hope this information does help to uh, bring more perspective to you out there and does help you in the sense. I mean, I spent 20 years understanding um, th this esoteric symbology and investigative symbologist, understanding what occult symbology is and what it represents. And some people out there might say that that's evil and you're evil and uh, Satan worship. And because of that, no, it has nothing to do with it. This symbols are our heritage. This is the foundation of our language and where a lot of the semantic protocols come from. And understanding this thing, these types of things are really deep to understanding who and what we are. And this movie is filled with that type of stuff. And I highly recommend going out and watching it and taking notes of subtle little things that you notice because everything in there, I think, has specific meaning to kind of wake people up on a subconscious and an archetypical level. But 
Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys have a great evening. Don't forget to go on over to redpills.tv. Put your email address in. Join us over at socialredpill.com. Take care, guys. Good night. Tramping the spoon. That's impossible. Only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon.